Are you a mom launching kids into adulthood? If so, you need to know about my Empty Nest Mom Retreat. It is the gathering for moms who have at least one child over the age of 18 or who have launched them all and have a full empty nest. September 27th through the 29th are the dates, and Cedar Lake Retreat Center in Cedar Lake, Indiana is the place. You can fly into Chicago airports and drive to Cedar Lake in a little over an hour. Come join me. Best Value Registration is available through May 27th, and space is limited to just 100 moms, so don't delay. Check out jillsavage.org slash retreat to register today. Look for the silver lining. There's got to be something in there that you can call out in that child to commend them. Because as we call that out in them, we are building them as people, right? So that they can go out into the world and do great things, right? For God. You're listening to the No More Perfect Podcast, where we talk about strengthening the relationships that mean the most to you. I'm Jill Savage, and I live in normal Illinois. I'm committed to talking honestly about the messy, less than perfect, but normal stuff of life. I'm so glad you've joined me. Well, I am super excited about this conversation today because too often, parents of teenagers and young adults miss out on connection because of conversations they're not having or conversations they're having that they're not doing well. And the reason that they're not having connecting conversations is because they're lecturing rather than listening. They're telling rather than asking. They're controlling rather than curious. And I can say that Mm. because that was me. (laughs) So I'm excited about this conversation. And my friend, Patty Reed is with me. And Mm -hmm. Patty is a conversational intelligence coach. Now, I didn't even know there was such a thing. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Patty, that that was a brand new uh, experience for me to go, what? I have never heard of a conversational intelligence coach. Mm -hmm. Um, But once uh, Patty's book uh, landed in my mailbox, it's called Face to Face Smart Conversations with Yourself, Your Teenager, and Your Young Adult. When that landed uh, in my lap, And I began to realize, wow, there's really something to this uh, Mm -hmm. conversational intelligence thing. So Mm -hmm. that's what we're going to uh, talk about today. Patty um, guides parents to be intentional and courageous through Mm -hmm. discovering their God-given greatness within each of their children. And this results in a relationship that's enduring, it's sustaining, it's life-giving, and that is something we all want. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so honestly, what we're going to talk about applies to all relationships. We, Mm -hmm. We all need to learn how to listen better, to ask more questions, to keep conversations safe. But we're going to specifically look at it through the lens of forging a healthy relationship with our kids that we are launching. So Patty, thank you for joining me <laughs> and, um, and just diving into this topic. 
Yeah, thank you for having me. It took us a little bit to get here, but it here did. We, are. We, <laughs> we have tried oh this conversation several times and we have had so many technical yes. difficulties. Yes. Uh, let's start right with what is conversational intelligence? What, what does yeah. that mean? Yeah, that's that's good. So, so first again, thank you so much, Jill, for having me. And um, I first heard about conversational intelligence from my coach. And it was very intriguing to me also. And I thought, what is that? I want to have intelligent conversations. And I knew that it could benefit, uh, you know, me both personally and professionally. And so conversational intelligence is a body of work that helps us understand what conversations open up the brain for trust and what conversations close them down. I mean, really simple. That's really what it's all about. And because so we have the technology today, Jill, with MRIs, right, that they can put, you know, if they were to put MRIs on our heads to see what was going on chemically in our body, there would be all things lighting up, right, because we're excited about this conversation. And so having that information, knowing that we can um, make the decision to impact the conversation in uh, a more positive way, I guess you could say. So let's take a look at this from a... Um a parenting perspective, because like, yeah. uh, we're particularly thinking about people that have young adults, people that have mm-hmm. older teenagers, in other words, in the launching mm-hmm. season of mm-hmm. life. And yeah. why is it important for us to exude trust? Why is trust important in those relationships? Cause you said we can have conversations that build trust conversations that don't, why is trust so important? Well, I mean, trust is really the foundation, right, for all of our relationships, whether it be our children, whether it be our husband, whether it be, you know, the people that we work with. I mean, if we don't trust, um, we are going to show up in that conversation much more reserved, um, not open-minded to what you might have to say. And so, and you can kind of, you know, see those clues in people when you are having the conversation. And, you know, I mean, you have five children, Jill, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And you've had all kinds of conversations and sometimes trust is broken and sometimes we have to repair it because we are not perfect people by any, you know, stretch of the imagination. And so, so it's important because if you want to have a long-term relationship, you know, with your child, with whomever, um, it is important that you build that, you know, into the relationship, which means that you might have to go back and ask for forgiveness, right? You need to be humble. That's, that's going to be, that's going to open up the conversation when you go, you know what, I'm really sorry. Will you please forgive me for yelling at you? Because that was fear speaking in me and I'm Mm -hmm. so sorry. And so I've had to do that. And you know, I'm still in it. I've got a 22 year old and a 27 year old, so I get to practice all these things. Yep. And so really that's, you know, that's the importance. Trust is the foundation for everything. You're not going to be able to move forward if you're, if you're not, if you don't have that trust. Right. You know, I was talking with a counselor and the counselor was mm-hmm. talking about how many young people mm-hmm. have to make solid, really solid boundaries with their parents, how many that she counsels that have to draw solid boundaries with their parents, or they choose to greatly limit the interaction they have with their parents Mm -hmm. 
And so much of it comes down to conversation. Yes. Yes. I think we've all been, we've been there. Right. And I think that, you know, if, if this counselor is counseling these young adults, you know, encouraging them to put up boundaries, why is that? Right. Like what's going on in the conversation that you have to put up boundaries. And I mean, boundaries are healthy, right. In all relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, And my children have made it very clear about, you know, some boundaries that maybe some discussions we can have and some discussions we cannot have. And so, and I do my best to honor those and, and the same, you know, vice versa. So that's healthy, you know, that's healthy, but what are those, what are they making boundaries about? Yes. That's what I would ask. So then that becomes where, what do you think are the biggest mistakes that we make in our conversations with our teens and our young adults? Because Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we feel we can rationalize why what we're doing is okay. I think mm-hmm. that we feel we have a right to speak a certain way to them. And yeah. and those are often yeah. what's happening that our kids are choosing to draw lines. Yeah. So what are some of the biggest mistakes that we make with our young adult children? Yeah, you know, I think that... Um, you know, we go through different seasons with our children, right? So we've got the infant, we've got the toddler, we go into tweens and teens, and then, you know, older teens and then young adults. And I think it's so important for us, we have to keep adjusting, Jill, right? Like we have to keep adjusting. Each season is going to look different, okay? And if you are not adjusting, then you're going to see it. You're going to see the fruit from that. And so... um you know, the older teen and the young adult is another transition that we have to stop and say, you know, what do I need to adjust? You know, we want to blame and go, well, they aren't talking to us or they do this or that, right? And that's why, you know, with the title of the book, it's, you know, face-to-face smart conversations with yourself, right? So some of the convers- mm-hmm. some of the questions in the book are about you, about what do you need to adjust? What are you saying that it's like, wah, 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 you know, Charlie Brown's teacher again. Yeah. And so, so that is so important that this is a new season that there is, this is a new transition. And so, you know, how are you going to do that? Because if you continue to parent like they're 13, yeah, that is not gonna, that is not going to go over well. And like you mentioned earlier, you know, we, we can't continue to tell, sell and yell we must learn and adjust to asking, listening, and responding, or maybe not saying anything, which is very difficult, which is the pray and don't say, right? I have practiced that. (laughs) Right. So that I think, I think they don't realize that it's another transition in the parenting game. Yes. And I think that probably you know, when I was talking about that counselor earlier, I think part of probably what happens in some of those scenarios is that the parent continues to treat the child and talk to the child in the way that they would have when they were 13 and 14 and 15. And, and so they can't break free Mm -hmm. from that. And they have to do, they just have to draw a boundary line that I, I would say most don't want to, but it's out of necessity. Mm-hmm. And so you're right. We have to change mm-hmm. how we interact with them. And Absolutely. 
So if we don't have the self-awareness of that. Yes, that's so huge. Self-awareness, right? I mean, you know, I'll talk about in the book um, and I practice this, you know, with my own children, you know, heading into the conversation, um, you know, I have this pre-conversation, right? So obviously you can pray and, you know, prepare your heart and, you know, be thinking about, you know, what am I thinking about? Am I thinking about, you know, how I'm going to defend myself or what my argument is going to be about, you know, whatever this conversation is that we're going to have, you know, checking yourself in that. And I get in trouble for my tone, right? Like, what is your tone? And, oh, and then there's the facial expressions. Oh gosh. Like I would ask Jesus, please help me. change these facial expressions because my my son would be like mom it's there again (laughs) I I desperately need you to do this Jesus because I don't even realize that I'm doing it so so there's things that you know you can do to help yourself uh go in with a good posture of Mm -hmm. of openness and listening and things like that yeah yeah well and you know I mean God's word has a lot to say about the weight of our words. And the truth is we go into conversations carelessly. Yeah. Oftentimes we're just careless about the way that we interact with each other. And so I really appreciate, like you said, you know, your subtitle is smart conversations with yourself, your teenager (laughs) and your young adult. And you start with yourself. You know, that's a check. Okay, Lord, that's a a check in your spirit. And like you said, in my empty nest full life book, I talk about that. We now belong to the keep it shut club and and we now need to learn how to pray, not say for sure. Those are both, those are both important because a lot of times I would say, I don't know, eight times out of 10, I need to say nothing. Yeah. Like that's what I have found in the empty Mm -hmm. nest season of life. Um, When my kids were in their later teens, you know, they're getting to their senior year in high school or, or they're in the college years or whatever, you you really move into a coaching uh, place and you move into a asking questions place. Yes, 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 yes. To all of that. And And so we got to get, but see, we're so used to a directing, uh, we're used to a telling and what, what were the three that you said we tend to do that we shouldn't do? Well, we tend to tell, sell and yell, which, you know, tell, sell and yell. Okay. Talk about each one of those. What's selling? Oh gosh. Selling and persuading that. I mean, you're all knowledgeable, right? Like you're all knowing and you have the answers to life and, um, so you're going to sell them on your ideas, your thoughts, where they should go to college, how they should live their life, who they should hang. Oh my gosh. Like this, it's a whole list, right? I mean, so we're really good at that. Um, okay. And then, you know, yelling, I mean, you know, if they're not doing what you want, you know, your voice goes up. Right. And it's a again, form of control. It is a form of control. And again, that will repel them that will not attract them to having any more conversations <laughs> with you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, so, so moving into curiosity, like you, you know, you mentioned, right. We, we need to become curious parents. And, um, and again, it's like a new level of faith and trust that, that God has got them. 
right? I mean, God has got them. And I mean, I, I think I mentioned that, you know, my daughter is 22 and she lives in New York City. And she's been there since she was 18. Mm. And okay, this is, you know, this has been a, a development of myself and my child, oh, right? I bet you've had to really work through some fear. Oh, gosh. Oh, Continually, still do. I mean, right. You know, the city is not the same as when she moved there four years ago. Right. And so, so yes, uh, there's a lot of trust issues, um, but, but we're good. You know, we, we, we do have a great relationship. She calls me every single day and I feel honored and blessed. And I know that that is rare, but we touch base every day. So I'm very grateful. So um, what does curious, what does curious look like in a conversation? Yeah. Curiosity looks like, can I, I'll share a little story, a little example. Yes, please. Yes. Okay. So it was my daughter's first year, I think, a second year. Um, she, she is an actress. And so she was at this acting conservatory and they were starting to put together their reels and their website and things like that for, you know, getting ready for graduation. And so she, we were out at breakfast. It was during Christmas. And so she was telling me all about this and I'm listening and I'm basically saying, okay, well, tell me more about that. And, and what else? And, you know, asking those open-ended questions. And so she proceeded to, you know, share what this reel that she was going to, you know, do and film. And I was thinking, Oh dear Jesus. No. <laughs> um, however, I was able to uh, have the strength of the Holy spirit to keep asking questions and not go, really? You're, you're not going to do that. Right. Um, so anyway, I just, you know, continue to listen and ask questions. And at the end of the conversation, Jill, again, by God's grace, I was able to say, you know what, baby, I'm just excited that you're doing that. And you're going to make the best decision. You're going to make the best decision that represents you well. And I'm just looking forward to see what you decide. Mm. So walked away, right? All good. And then threw myself in the closet to pray. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> right. Okay. And then um, I thought, well, I'm going to be revisiting that conversation. So probably a few days later, a week later or so, I remember going back saying, hey, have you thought about it anymore? What, what did you decide? Oh, I'm not going to do that. Thank you, <laughs> God. <laughs> Thank you, God. So. Oh, I love that. I love yeah. that. So that's one of my little stories. Yeah. You spoke life to her by telling her that you believed that she would make the best decision. And even if she would have made a decision that you didn't agree with, which she ended up making a decision you were pleased with, but if she hadn't, that's still not a lost cause because our kids have to make their own mistakes and learn from their own mistakes. And what we always want to do as parents is we want to like keep them from making mistakes so that we like save them. And, you know, uh, my friend, Brenda Yoder always says, don't steal the struggle. Love that. Isn't that good? I mean, I preach that to myself. Don't steal the struggle. They have to struggle and that's what makes them stronger. And it's what teaches them lessons. And if we try to steal that from them by telling them what to do or not communicating that we believe in them, we will actually stop their growth. Yes. And what that reminded me of is that the brain actually learns best through failure. 
still. Yes. Right. And so um, one of the things that I talk about in the book, it's one of the devotions is called silver lining. And so that example right there, right? So we have situations where, you know, they might be telling us stuff that we're think, thinking, oh gosh, like really? However, what I encourage parents to do is there's always a silver lining. Okay. Mm-hmm. There is always a silver lining. And that silver lining might just be the fact that they're telling you. Okay. So my mm-hmm. daughter has told me everything. My son doesn't tell me much, but it's like, okay, I don't might necessarily want to hear, you know, certain things, but she's telling me. Right. Okay. So now I know how to pray. Yes. Right? So, so even if so you my, don't like what you're hearing, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. So my, my point in the silver lining, um, Debo is basically look for the silver lining. There's got to be something in there that you can call out in that child to commend them. Because as we call that out in them, we are building them as people, right? So that they can go out into the world and do great things, right? For God and for, you know, humanity and friends and people and everything. So we're in the building business yeah. to build them up, yeah. to be all they can be. And it's, it's a process. Yes, it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And too often we're the ones that get in the way of that because we're still That's operating right. as if they were younger because we are still trying to control. So yeah. we need to be curious. And you said a phrase, and I want to make sure and call out that phrase. My, my husband and I just did a, um, we literally just did a reel, an Instagram reel on this phrase and said um, five words that'll change your marriage. And those words are, tell me more about that. Mm-hmm. And I would say five words that'll change your relationship with your teenager or your young adult. Tell me more about that. That really, it invites more conversation. It it is a phrase of curiosity. Oh, well, tell me more about that. Oh, tell me more. That it really invites, even if, even if behind the scenes you're going, I don't want to hear more. I don't want to hear more. I don't want to hear more. (laughs) Totally. Totally. Yes. You're, you're trying to be curious and, and, uh, and invite them to share their heart. So yeah, it's a gift. It's a gift. Yep. Okay. So we need to be curious. There was a second thing you said we needed to be so active listening. So let's talk about active listening. What does active listening look like? Okay. So let me let me change that up a bit. Okay. okay. So um, when it comes to listening, there is uh, listening to affirm, right? So, and that's really just repeating back, right? Okay. What we've heard. And then there's listening to connect. Okay. And okay. so a lot of times we listen to affirm and we don't necessarily listen to connect. And so I do write about this in the book. And so listening to connect is more about Jill going into the conversation neutral. Okay. How can I go into the conversation neutral? And this is part of that prep, right? This is part of that, um, you know, prepping for the conversation. So I want to go into the conversation. I've, I'm, I'm prayed up. Um, so I, um, I, I talk about, and I'm going to use this reference because um, I'm assuming that a lot of women listen to this. So when I nurse my baby, okay. And so when um, I had to be away and I had to pump, right. Um, if you actually put a picture of them in front of you, you would actually pump more milk. 
Okay. Mm. Because what's happening in your brain chemically, you are thinking, oh my gosh, I love this child and he's so cute. Right. And that Mm -hmm. actually gave you that oxytocin download. Yeah. Okay. So going into the conversation, um, you are thinking about, even though you might be mad at them, you're thinking about why you love this child and all the great things about this child. So that's kind of prepping you um, to, again, to go into the conversation and um, be able to respond or not respond to, you know, what they're saying. Um, So again, being neutral, not judging what you think they're going to say or not say, or what it might mean to them. Um, you know, a lot of times words create our world, Jill, Mm. and what one word means to you means completely different to me. And so it is important to say, well, what is that? Tell me more about that word. I'm not sure. I mean, it's really amazing because I have this with my daughter and we are very different people. And I think, how do we get along? <laughs> because she thinks so differently than me. So, you know, we like to call it double clicking on the word, right? We double click on files to open it up so that we yeah. can understand it more. Um, and then the other thing I would say is, you know, we tend to make up movies in our mind about what yeah. they're going to say, what they've done, what they've not done, where they've been. And yes. that just wrecks it. And so it's it a does. practice. It's a practice to go into the conversation to connect, not just to get on with it so you can say what you want to say. Yes, yes. So we're listening to understand, not listening to defend, not listening to tell, not listening. We're listening to understand and connect is what you're saying. Yes. Yes. And I, I, I give an example, uh, you know, I heard this through my own, you know, learning and training and things like that, that, you know, we take the word understand. Okay. And we switch it around. Okay. And so to understand, we need to stand under, we need to stand under an umbrella. We need to stand under, you know, whatever is above them to, to listen first, to hear, because, you know, as humans, we just, we decide why they're doing what they're doing or we assume, right. We make assumptions about their behavior and that just, that doesn't open up the brain for trust, right. That right. kind of cuts things. It kind of cuts things off. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, um, Mark and I teach uh, our marriage clients um, mm-hmm. about listening to understand with reflective listening. You called mm-hmm. it something else. You called it um, listening to affirm. I mean, yes. listening. That's what you called it. Listening, listening to, to affirm. Um, and we call that the McDonald's drive-through listening technique. And because it's what happens when you go to a fast food drive-through, right? Like yeah. Yeah. you you place your order and then they repeat the order back. Exactly. They ask if that's correct and they ask if there's anything else. Well, we need to do that with our kids. So what I hear you saying is blah, 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 blah. Is that correct? Is there more about that? That's what that looks like to listening to affirm and to understand. And, and ultimately that brings out connection because it makes us feel heard. There is, there's probably no better gift to give to your kids than the gift of being heard. Oh my gosh, Jill, that's just a whole other thing. Yes. And, you know, John Maxwell, and I don't know if he's the first one that said it, but he says, um, being heard is like being loved. Yes. Yes. 
Yeah. So the best thing we can do for our kids, um, especially as they're starting to live their own lives, yes, yes. is let yes. is is to let them be heard. To be heard, and you know what? What all of a sudden came to my mind, and it's where my brain just stopped here for a second. <laughs> what do we do when we don't like what we're hearing? What do we do? Because that's part of the problem here. You know, our daughter says, well, you know, Joe and I have decided that we're going to live together. You want to go, that's not the way that you were raised. And how can you even think about that? Yes. And then we launch into lecture, right? Yes. yes. And I think that's the hard part is when we are hearing things that don't settle well with us, what do we do with that? So what wisdom would you have for that, Patty? I would say run to the closet. (laughs) I mean, I mean, it really, it is that simple because what happens is it's really not about them, Jill. It is about us. Right. And, you know, I do talk about this, that, you know, we raise our kids. I mean, I homeschooled my kids. I poured into them. I wanted, you know, relationship with them. And, um, when they do not follow the same path that we have forged, it's devastating. And I mean, these days, honestly, I think we see it more and more and it's, it's, it's hard and it's heartbreaking to us because it is God is good and he has good things. And why wouldn't you choose that? And I don't understand. Right. But again, it's their journey. It's he's writing their story, you know, Mm -hmm. in their life. And, you know, it's just something that, again, I mean, the father is going to give you wisdom. You have to be quiet. And, you know, you know, my daughter recently, or probably in the last six months, made a decision that I was heartbroken over. Mm -hmm. And I cried, (laughs) not with her, with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And um, Mm -hmm. I said, you know, Lord, I'm, I'm just so sad about this. And, you know, he said, do you trust me? Mm. And I said, I do. And he said, have you given her to me? I did. And he said, you don't see the big picture. Mm. And I think that's so important, Jill, because probably when my son who was around maybe 16 or so, I remember thinking to myself, you know what? I don't know what that's what it's like. Now, I have an idea of what's best for his life. And I will make suggestions, you know, along the way to check out certain things. But I decided at that point, I am not going to decide what I think is best for their life. So that's like, that just takes a lot of faith, right? To go, you it know, Lord, this is what I think would be best for them. This is what I think I want for them. But God, what do you want for them? How can mm-hmm. I mentor them? What do you want me to speak into their life? so that they do weigh options or think about something differently. And so that's hard for us as it parents is. because we do think we know what's best. Yeah. And so one thing that I do do in the devotion, Jill, is, you know, there's the devotion, short devotion, and then it's the smart reflection section, which is the question, but then it's the new possibility, right? And so my heart's desire mm. is to help parents move, that's the Henry Blackaby thing, move from where they are to where God wants them to be. So I, I put out, you know, new possibilities. What about if you showed up and you just listened? 
Mm. You know, what about if you showed up and you asked them a question like, you know, in their junior year, hey, if you had all the resources in the world, what would you do? Mm-hmm. Right. Because when we ask these kinds of questions and think about new possibilities, it's going to help us grow as people. And it's, again, I think going to open up the conversation like, wow, she's never asked me that before. And when you ask a question like that, you might learn something yeah. that that you did not know because they're thinking, well, I got to follow this path because this is what mom or dad wants for me. And is, is that what God wants for them? And so that's what I do challenge parents. Like, look, have you asked God if they're supposed to go to college? Have you asked God if they should take on this new job? I mean, it's really about asking the father. They're, he is their parent. They have been given to you as a gift. And you are to steward their lives as best as you know how. Well, and even if you, let's just say that, you know, your child tells you something and you disagree with it and it breaks your heart, like you said, even when we stay in that curious mindset and we say, well, tell me more about that. Mm -hmm. And what it does is it also gives them an opportunity to verbalize Mm -hmm. and that verbalizing is a processing. It is a, it is, it is a processing. So you may be like, well, I need to tell them truth. I need to tell them (laughs) truth, but they're not in a place to receive truth. Number one, they're probably going to be on the defense because they know that they're disappointing you or that they're Mm. telling you something that's not in line with the morals that they were raised in. And so, um, so it's not the time. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm a firm believer if they ask for your wisdom, by all means, tell them. But if they don't ask for it, particularly when they are, when they are out from underneath your, you know, you do still have weight in their life. If you're paying for their college, if they're still under your roof, you do. And so you have to choose those opportunities wisely. But um, when they're out, you no longer can weigh Mm -hmm. in. Mm-hmm. on their decisions, mm-hmm. unless they ask you for that. But right. asking questions helps them to verbalize. And they may very well even walk away from a conversation, hearing themselves say something mm. and it not settling well with them. I love that you brought that up about, you know, them coming to you and they might ask you for wisdom, which we want that, right? We hope and pray for that. But one thing that I do, you know, talk about in the book also is you know, we get to the point, and I've done this with my children, is may I share something? May I give you my point of view on that? And we have to be prepared for no. no. Mm-hmm. It's happened to me, but this shows, like, I feel like this just shows respect. Yeah. Like, could I, could I share something about that? I really, no, mom, not now. Okay. And we have to walk away, be okay. We're not going to get angry and no. Yeah. It shows such respect for them. And that, and that keeps is- you safe. Yeah. That keeps you a safe person that they want to have future yes. conversations with. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And if I could just say one other thing, and that is because we've been on this about being heard and their voice and everything. And I do write about that. It's the last chapter I wrote. It's called their voice. And I, so I, gave my children a voice. They very much have a voice and opinion in their lives, which is fine. But I've watched the opposite, Jill. Okay. I've watched the opposite and with 
friends, right, of their kids and not been given a voice. And this is what's expected. And this is the path that you're going to walk. And so now what's happening is the rebellion has started. Okay. Mm -hmm. And because they have not been given a voice. And again, it just goes back to, we might not like what they're saying or, you know, hearing. I mean, and this starts, you know, this starts early. I mean, this doesn't start, you know, in the older teens, but if you can develop that, like, to me, it's part of keeping them safe as they go out into the world to be emotionally healthy people that they have an opinion and they can state it uh, graciously. But if we haven't done that and it's just been like, well, this is the way it should be. And you mentioned that earlier. Well, this, I mean, I'm the parent and I have a right to. Mm-hmm. That's not going to help them grow as mature people. Mm-hmm. Right. And it will hurt your relationship with them. Yeah. Unfortunately. And I see it happening. Yeah. I do. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thank you so much for this conversation. Mm-hmm. It's been yeah. so good. For those of you that are listening, Patty's book is called Face to Face: Smart Conversations with Yourself, Your Teenager, and Your Young Adult. And mm-hmm. um Patty, would you just close us in prayer and yes. um just pray yes. for those of us that have to learn that we belong to the keep it shut club, uh, that we have to pray, don't say that we have to, uh, that we have to ask if, um, if we can share something and we have to be okay with those boundaries. Will you just, we pray for us? Yes. Yes. And thank you. Thank you for the opportunity, Jill. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Oh, father God, we thank you so much for this day, Lord. We thank you that uh, you are all wise and all knowing, and um, this was the time that you had uh, for Jill and myself to share about um, the things that you have taught us, Lord. And so, Father, I just want to pray for every single person listening, God. I pray that um, there are some golden nuggets, God, that that they have found and they have heard today that they can take into their own lives, Father, so that mm-hmm. um, so that you can uh, heal relationships, Father. Uh, you can mend relationships. You can restore relationships, um, or or you can just even you know improve and get better the ones that that are good, Father. And mm-hmm. so, thank you for um, thank you for that. Thank you for this great wisdom, Lord. Um, I pray that you would give us parents wisdom to know uh, when to say something and when not to, Father. Um, that we would. Um, just look to you, Father, for all wisdom, God, to, to bring things to you first. Should I have this conversation? Should I not have this conversation? Is it time, Lord, that you would give us that wisdom and we would be willing to come, that we would be willing to adjust our lives really for your glory, God, and really for your kingdom. And we yep. just thank you for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Thanks for joining me today on the No More Perfect Podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe and follow so you don't miss any future conversations. You can find the show notes and links to anything we talked about over on jillsavage.org slash podcast. I hang out on Facebook and Instagram and would love to connect with you there. You can find me under the name jillsavage.author. One more thing, we have three free ebooks that we'd love to give you. You can find them at jillsavage.org slash free. See you next week where we'll have another conversation about the real stuff of life and relationships.